0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Joshua with this message entitled, Problem Solved. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Joshua's chapter 3. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we are not gathered here together alone you have promised in your word that you will be with us and you are with us not as an observer a passive person you are with us as as almighty sovereign god you are with us as savior the one who heals us build your people up for god in the most holy faith Fearless of the future, fearless of the past, and fearless of the present, God is with us. So help us, O Lord, to hear your word, because your word is truth, it is spirit, it is life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Problems solved, that's the title. We face new situations. We face new problems as we journey together toward the celestial city of our God. New problems like sickness, joblessness, relocation, parenting, uncertain future, surgery, disobedient children. Divorce, even death. We face the devil who goes about like roaring lion to swallow us if possible. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. There is a Jordan for the people of God to cross and we are told it is in its flood stage who is sufficient for such a task who is competent God must help us to face these hard realities to cross this Jordan But praise God, he has promised to do so. We have his promise, we have his word, and we have his presence with us. He promised Abraham long ago that his descendants will inherit the beautiful promised land. And in due time, we read, that God appeared to Moses in the burning bush and we read that he our God with his outstretched hand of power performed such mighty miracles in Egypt and delivered the Israelites from Egyptian slavery but we also read that they disobeyed the Lord They did not believe God's word and therefore they failed to enter into rest. They all died in the wilderness. Let's turn to the book of Numbers and read about their unbelief and may God help us to believe God's word as we face various problems in life book of numbers chapter 13 it's a majority report the spies came back and this is the report of the majority numbers 13 beginning with verse 27 they gave Moses this account we went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey here is its fruit but the people who live there are powerful the cities are fortified and very large we even saw descendants of Anak there and turn to verse 31 but the men who had gone off with him said we can't attack those people they are stronger than we are and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Well, turn to chapter 14 and read the minority report. 14:6 through nine joshua son of Nun, and caleb son of jephunneh who were among those who had explored the land tore their clothes and said to the entire israelites the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good if the lord is pleased with us he will lead us into that land a land flowing with milk and honey And will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Notice the majority only saw a problem and the minority saw God as well as the problems so after forty years now after the death of Moses the Lord of the covenant faithfully is guiding the children of the disobedient across the overflowing Jordan into the promised land and remember they sent two spies and they brought a report which was encouraging that the Canaanites are afraid of the Lord who had dried up the Red Sea 40 years ago. And so look at Joshua chapter 2 and verse 11. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed. See, this is the right report. The majority report was false, completely false. They made it up. The truth was, all the Canaanites and Amorites and Jebusites, they were afraid. Their hearts melted. Turn to chapter 2 and verse 24. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into your hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Their hearts melt. Report of the spies encouraged Joshua But more than that, God himself spoke to Joshua of what he would do in this new time, in this new situation, with this new generation. They must cross Jordan. And with God, everyone will cross. The problem will be solved. This way is not of our choosing. God brought them there. Right in front of the overflowing Jordan. See, when we walk with the Lord, we don't have to worry about it. There will be problems, but it is God appointed and God ordained problems. And he wants to take us through them. To make us strong people of God. This way is new to us, but it is not new to God God who was faithful in the past will be faithful in the present and in the future now when you read chapter 3 and 4 of Joshua two key words are emphasized ark and crossing they appear a number of times ark and crossing the ark which symbolizes god's presence will make a way for god's people to solve this problem of crossing jordan which is we are told at flood stage god is the way before him all problems must flee. All enemies must flee. All resistance must go. He is the sovereign Lord of all the earth. This God is able to dry up Jordan for you. But if he chooses, this God is able to cause you to walk on water as on dry ground. But in order to experience this kind of supernatural divine salvation his people must be holy they must be united disciplined, organized under authority and obey with all their heart the divine word so first point is consecration let me read chapter 3 verse 5 jesus told the people consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the lord will do amazing things among you that's positive thinking that's optimism based on god's own promise the people cannot follow a holy god unless they are holy be holy for i am holy They must be holy internally as well as externally. And you read the same thing in Exodus 19 10 and 11. Wash clothes, wash yourselves, reaffirm their loyalty to the covenant, must get rid of all the idols, they must repent of their sins and believe in the Lord of the covenant. Their parents did not believe, but they must believe. No one is going to be brought into Canaan without belief in the covenant Lord. They must get along with one another. Reconciliation. They must have peace. They must be like one person. They must be one in the Lord. We experience God's power. As we consecrate ourselves. We cannot practice sin and experience divine deliverance. Consecration. Second. We are told that God is going to perform amazing things. Amazing things. Look at that verse 5 chapter 3 again. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Our God is a God of amazing things. Who is this Lord? He is I am that I am. Eternal God. Personal God. Creator God. Redeemer God. He is God almighty. El Shaddai. He is the warrior saviour he always triumphs and leads his believing people in triumph he always solves our problems in an amazing fashion listen to his encouraging words through his servant Joshua for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you he who performed miracles of plagues against the Egyptians by his mighty hand will do amazing things again. Listen to chapter 3 beginning with verse 9. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen. Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites and look at verse 13 and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth something is going to happen As soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. That is the amazing thing that God will do. Come and hear the words of the Lord your God. God's word reveals a God who performs amazing things to whom your problem is not amazing your problem is great only if your God is small whatever your problem answer lies in hearing the word of God do you hear the word of the Lord hear and believe then you shall be strong and courageous. Man's word and wisdom discourage us, but God's word builds you up. So hear the word frequently. Hear the word when it is preached. Read the word. Meditate upon the word. There you will see God who will do amazing things for you and solve your problems and we are told here verse 10 this is how you will know that the living God is among you the living God the true God the only God the idols are works of human mind and hands they have no life they are impotent they cannot save us they don't do any amazing things But our God is the living God. The only God. The true God. And where is he? He is among us. He is with us. And therefore he is for us. And then we are told here. He will certainly drive out your enemies. How does he do that? Well of course first. He will help us to cross this Jordan. We read this verse again, chapter 3, verse 13. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. This is the gospel. Believe and you shall be saved the first generation refused to believe and they perished in the wilderness the second generation is to believe the word that God would perform amazing things for you God would solve our problems number three what is the key? the key is the ark the ark of the Lord We must pay special attention to that. And that word is used so many times in chapter 3 and 4. The ark was the most sacred of the tabernacle furnishings, the most sacred object. And we know it was a wooden box rectangular, 45 inches long, 27 inches wide. And 27 inches in height. And it was covered with gold inside and outside. And it was topped with a lid of solid gold to which were attached two figures of cherubim, that's angels, facing each other from either end of the cover with the wings stretched out and upward meeting in the center. As Dr. Boy says, God symbolically dwelt above the lid under the wings. That was the throne of the Lord. Symbolically speaking. Inside this ark was the law of the testimony, which expressed the character of God. Four priests carried the ark by means of poles inserted through rings attached to the ark on each side. Let's turn to the book of Numbers and read from chapter 10 beginning with verse 33. The symbolism of the ark. So they set out from the mountain of the Lord and traveled for three days. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them during those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Whenever the Ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, O Lord, may your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. That's the idea. It is God going in front of you to destroy and scatter your enemies. That's the symbolism. It seems by now the pillar of fire and cloud is no longer appearing. The people are guided by the ark's movement. And therefore, they are to look at the ark. They cannot be distracted. They cannot be looking up everything else. Look at the ark. And the ark moves. God is moving. And you must follow. The ark symbolized the presence of God. The ark symbolized the holiness of God. The ark symbolized the justice of God. And the ark also symbolized the mercy of God. Remember in Leviticus 16 we read about the ceremonies of the day of atonement. On the day of atonement the high priest sprinkles the blood of the slain goat of the sin offering for the people. And he would go into the holy of holies and sprinkle the blood upon the lid of the ark which is called also mercy seat. The idea is the people violated God's law, which is inside the ark, and God dwells above the ark, and God is angry against sin. The blood of the sin offering was sprinkled on the lid, the mercy seat, and now God sees the blood and forgives the sin of the people this is the idea all of course all this pointed forward to the death of the Messiah the suffering servant Jesus Christ the death of him in our place only Jesus Christ can propitiate the just wrath of God and this ark is with Israel This means God is with Israel. When we see the ark, we know that the invisible God is with us to guide us, to fight our battles, solve all our problems, and to save us. Turn with me to chapter 3 of Joshua. We'll read verse 7 and verse 10. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know what? That I am with you as I was with Moses. Or look at verse 10. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. Symbolized by the ark. So what is it? Keep your eyes on the ark. Follow the ark. Where the ark goes, his people follow. And they will be safe. So take a look at chapter 3 and verse 4. Then you will know which way to go. Look at chapter 3, verse 3. Giving orders to the people when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. This ark is your guidance. Keep your eye on the ark and then follow. Chapter 3, verse 6. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. The ark goes ahead of you. He is the way. He makes way. He solves problem. And our job is very simple. What is it? To follow. Or chapter 3 and verse 8. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Chapter 3 and verse 11. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. He will go into your problem, and the problem is soul. Chapter 4 and verse 7. Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. In, that is in the presence of the ark. Problems are solved. God of Abraham is with us. God of Moses is with us. God of Joshua is with us. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'll be with you, yep. even to the end of the ages. He said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This God is our God, and He is with us. And number four, the problem soul. They crossed this mighty Jordan. Every single person crossed it. Now, this solution of this problem is a little different from the solution of the Red Sea problem. Let's turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 14. Let's see how God solved that problem. Exodus 14, beginning with verse 15, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. See, when God leads us, (laughs) we always what? Go forward, never go backward. Move on. And then he says, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the waters so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Turn to verse 21 of Exodus 14. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. Well, after 40 years, he does the same thing, but now in a different manner. New times, new generation. A new way of solving problem, yet God remains the same. This time there is no staff raised up, there is no wind, it's simple. You carry the ark and go into the water, and when the soles of your feet touch the water, it shall be divided, and you will walk through dry land. The priests bearing the ark are to stand in the Jordan. You have to believe this. And they did believe. They carried the ark. They went forward. And they stepped into the river. Amazing thing God said, I will perform. And he did. When the soles of their feet touched the water, the waters divided. The waters rose up like a wall. Upstream waters. The downstream waters immediately emptied to the Dead Sea. Now this is nothing new. Turn to Exodus 15 and verse 8. God did the same thing many years ago. Exodus 15 verse 8. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood firm like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. Or turn to Psalm 78 and verse 13. The psalmist is speaking about the same thing. Psalm 78, verse 13. He divided the sea and let them through. He made the water stand firm like a wall. Do I have a problem believing it? No. Why is it I don't have a problem believing it? Well, if I can believe the infinite personal God created the universe out of nothing, then I have no problem believing in every miracle recorded in the Word of God. He does amazing things for you and for me. He solves our problems. So this time, no staff, no wind, simply the priest carrying the ark, touching the water, that's all. And we are told everyone crossed over to the western side. All adults, all infants, All children, all cattle, all priests, all soldiers, all leaders, not even one perished. That's what happens when we believe God, when we consecrate ourselves, when we hear and do the word of God. God performs amazing things for you. So turn to chapter 3 and verse 16 of Joshua. The last line saw the people crossed over opposite Jericho. They did. Chapter 4, verse 11. And as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. Everyone crossed. Look at verse 18 of chapter 4. And the priests came up out of the river carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on dry ground on the western shore than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. In chapter 4 and verse 22, tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Problem soul. And number five, God instructs Joshua to erect a memorial for this amazing thing. God instructs Joshua to find 12 men representing the 12 tribes, that they go into the midst of the Jordan and carry 12 stones and make a memorial. Look at chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. or or beginning with verse 4 so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites one from each tribe and said to them go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you a sign pointing to God and His mighty power and His saving work in the future. When your children ask you, "What do these stones mean?" Tell them, "God did amazing thing. God solved our biggest problem to serve us as a sign." And so, look at chapter four, verse twenty. And Joshua set up at Gilgal 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. So there's a memorial. And the memorial has certain purpose. First, look at verse 6 one more time. To serve as a sign among you. That is the people who witnessed this event may benefit from this sign. You know, there are times we who are saved, (laughs) we who crossed over Jordan, get discouraged and dispirited and terrified. And then we must look at this memorial and say, he who did for us this work of deliverance in the past will do it again. In other words, this memorial speaks to the present generation. God who saved us will save us. God who worked for us will work for us again. Hallelujah. Number two, it is a sign for future generations, the children who are yet to be born. Verse 6 of chapter 4. In the future when your children ask you what do these stones mean, tell them the historical manifestation of the power of God in saving his people. A memorial provokes question. Isn't that true? You see something strange, so you ask, what is this? And the children are to ask that question. They will ask the question, What is this? And that gives you an opening to evangelize them. Tell them our God is a living God. Our God is a God who does amazing things. Our God is the Savior, the only true God. Every other God is false. They are idols, they can do nothing. So a memorial provokes questions. Those who do not know what they stand for will ask questions. The new generation will ask questions. In fact, you spend your vacation by taking children to these various memorials. And let them ask you questions. You must take them to these memorials. And let them ask questions and you better know the truth. It represents. Now look at verse 21. He said to the Israelite, in the future when your descendants, that's children, ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Notice the word, tell them. Now that is not a good translation, but in Hebrew the word is, he feel perfect, which means you must cause them to know for certain that you must cause them to know and appreciate and experience yes. the salvation of the Lord. Yes. Not just an intellectual knowledge, but they themselves must entrust themselves to this God yes. who saved you. Amen. This God who is among us. Yes. This God is the living God. Yes. This God who does amazing things. This God who saves you. Yes. That's a serious word that is used. Cause them to know for certain the way of salvation. That they may come to trust in this true God. They are to make their children experientially know that the Lord dried up Jordan for their fathers, therefore for them that the father's god is their god yes. they have to trust in this god of their fathers and serve him only the stone memorial is an evangelistic tool for parents to evangelize their children the same idea is found in exodus 12 26 and 27 and not only that the stone memorial has another purpose, let's turn to chapter 4 verse 24, he did this so that what? all the peoples of the earth might know this God it is God's purpose that in Abraham all the nations of the earth be blessed, all the families of the earth be blessed they are to be blessed through the knowledge of God Knowledge of God's deeds and words. Knowledge of God that will come to them through the people of God. The people of Israel are to tell all the people of the earth the wonders of God. That the peoples of the earth may put their trust in the one true and living God. So the memorial is necessary. Because we tend to forget God his saving deeds so for us the works of the Lord and their meanings are no longer to be found in stone memorials we don't know where they are they're all gone but no matter so for us the works of the Lord and their meanings are written down in a book and therefore, we must read the book to know that our God is great, does amazing things, souls problem. We must tell our children from the word that our God is mighty, that they may put their trust. And then we must declare the gospel to the whole world, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we must read the scriptures. We must hear the word correctly preached. That's why when you come to church, you must listen to it carefully because we are speaking about God and and what he can do for you can do amazing things. What he did before, he does now. He saves us. He makes a way through the wilderness. He makes a way through the rivers. This mountain shall be removed, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. We must read the scriptures. We must let children ask questions. What does this mean? And you explain them. You must know what it means. And you tell them. And then exhort them to put their trust in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. And we must tell the world. That's why it is written down. Look at it in verse 24. He did this for this purpose that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Not just was powerful. It is powerful. It remains powerful. Always is. Immutable God. So that you might fear the Lord your God. Turn to the book of John the Gospel of John, chapter 20. Here he gives a summary or purpose why he wrote this. Verse 31, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have what? Life in his name. That's the purpose of the memorial. That's the purpose of the scriptures. That you may come to know God, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and that you may be saved. So we are also to tell our own children and cause them to know the Lord and confess true faith. It is the responsibility of the parents. Are you faithful in teaching your children the salvation of the Lord? Are your children saved from the wrath to come? So we also have an obligation to all the people of the earth, an evangelistic obligation. That's why we are told in Matthew 28 go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey whatsoever things I have commanded you. There is only one true and living God who exists in three persons. He is the only Savior. See, today we are living at a time of pluralism and inclusivism. Everybody is nice. Everybody speaks politically correct. Every religion is true, equally valid. It's all false. It lies. There is only one God and one Savior. Our God is the only Savior. We must tell all the world, He alone is mighty to save. He alone is able to do amazing things and dry up your Jordan. Mighty to deliver sinners from the death waters of Jordan. See, the wages of sin is death. The mighty Jordan symbolizes God's wrath against our sins. And we deserve to die because we don't argue about sin and guilt. It's understood. It's a given. For we have sinned against God who is just and holy. Take a look at the ark born by the priest. Inside it is the law which we have broken. Above it is the presence of the Holy God. Now look at the solid gold cover. It is called the mercy seat. Mercy is shown to us in view of the blood sprinkled upon it. The blood of a substitute of divine acceptance. And therefore, Death of Jordan is destroyed by the death of that substitute. That's the idea. That the waters of Jordan cannot destroy you. The wrath of God has been removed. God is propitious toward us because God's wrath fell upon another. Those who trust in that substitute, our Lord Jesus Christ, are not going to be drowned by Jordan. They walk on dry ground. We, by faith, are united with Christ, our covenant Lord. We died with Him, we are buried with Him, and praise God, we are raised with Him to live an exciting new life in His presence, His fullness of joy, and on His right hand, pleasures forevermore. So with Christ, we go through Jordan, we go through mountains, we go through problems, Nothing in all the world is able to destroy you. We are with Him. We are in Him. We are related to Him. He has solved our problems. He has destroyed our death. He has liberated us from the fear of death. Oh death, where is your victory? Oh grave, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, people of God, go forward. As you face new troubles, new situations, God has brought us here in front of your Jordan. But fear not. The ark is with us. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this message entitled... Problem solved. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.